Hello, you're listening to the Washington Weekly Review. I'm the Southeast Iowa Union's Kaylin McCain. It's the week of April 23, 2022. Our local stories this week feature ESSER funds, excluded workers, and digitized records, but first, the big picture. Ty Bopp, the sole Democrat on the ballot for Iowa House District 92, says he plans to drop from the race well before the primaries in June. I'm most likely stepping down. The DNC knows they're finding a new candidate for me to fill in the position for uh, District 92. I realized I should probably finish my master's degree first. Um, the DNC was totally fine with it. They were um, totally accepted and were behind me at 100% uh, percent full support. Uh, it's just I value my education and um, party politics. I can run at any time in my life. I'm a very energetic and very outgoing person. Washington County Deputy Elections Administrator Sue Meeks said at least for the primaries, the party would have to organize a write-in campaign since the deadline to file has already passed. Well, the withdrawal deadline had already passed and the ballots, yeah, had already, all that information had already been sent to the printer. They're being printed now. If it's write-ins being up there as, as a possible candidate to go forward to the general, um, they have to have at least 35 percent of the vote. Washington County Democrats recruiter Terry Phillips said the party was looking for replacements but would be ready when the general election came in November. Well, since he has announced and is on the ballot, it makes recruitment just a little bit harder because people are going, wait a minute, you already have someone. So we have to explain to them when and then they have to sit back and think about it some. And so far, we haven't been successful in getting someone to say, yes, we're going to do that. Now, Ty will be on the ballot for the primary, but we'd love to have someone come forward and say, yes, I want to run, and then we'll see what we can do. To get them on the ballot for November, we most likely would have a a, a convention in the district where all the delegates are invited to come in and they listen to the candidate, and then they'll vote to have the candidate be on the ballot. It's not a really difficult process, uh, just a little bit more involved. Uh, There is a possibility if we had someone that wanted to be active and mount a write-in campaign, we might be able to get enough votes that we wouldn't have to go through that. But that's an alternative, but I don't know how realistic it is right now. Still, the change may complicate the party's strategy down the road. It is a concern, but um, this is a new district, and so everybody that's going to be running in November will be new to the process. But uh, it is a slight disadvantage, and uh, we'd have to work just a little bit harder. That's the big picture. Stay tuned for the local news after the break. Todd Hahn Construction is an award-winning custom home builder with a 28-year history in the greater Iowa City area. Hahn's goal is to build you the finest quality custom home while providing you with a positive experience along the way. It's one of the many reasons they've been named the Iowa City Area Home Builder of the Year time and time again. A custom home is more than just a house. It's the culmination of a dream and years of hard work. Todd Hahn Construction makes that dream come true by always putting you, the customer, first. For more information, go to ToddHahnConstruction.com. That's T-O-D-D-H-A-H-N Construction.com. 
The Washington School District plans to tap $500,000 from its ESSER fund to minimize layoffs over the next five years. Superintendent Willie Stone said the boost was needed to replace lost revenue from students who left during the pandemic. As you know, for a five-year budget, we're talking about possibly cutting back to uh, seven to ten teachers over five, over a five-year time span. Um, if we don't do this, we are going to have to ramp that budget that, that, that up quite a bit, which will really hurt our students. So this allows us to retain teachers uh, for to, to be able to provide services that our students need instead of cutting back staff. Staff cuts are still likely in the long run. District business manager Jeff Dealman said the half-million-dollar boost would make the process less jarring. So it allows us to stretch it out and not be so aggressive in cutting back. Today, we can, we can take our time and do a couple here, you know, next year with some early retirements. We'll do a couple of year after. It just allows us to stretch out the, the cuts that we made over time through attrition rather than do it all at once up front, where it's pretty painful. The Washington City Council voted 4-2 to two against a request from advocacy group Escucha Mivos at a meeting Tuesday night. The group had requested direct payments to city residents excluded from federal stimulus checks. With the help of a translator, Washington resident and excluded worker Nila Cruz Garcia said relief checks were the right thing to do. Escucha Mi Voz is asking you for $200,000 to give and create a fund for excluded workers. Give a direct payment to the excluded workers in Washington. We help this city. We help the economy of the city. Now I ask you to please help us because that is the right thing to do. Council members Elaine Moore and Isla Ernest said excluded workers were not the city's responsibility. Still, Moore said she was sympathetic. And I do believe that um, the excluded workers um, are very important to our economy, and I do understand where they're coming from um, in, in, in the need for this. But again, we did not, as a city, create the problem. The government created that problem. And it is up to the government, our federal government, to fix the problem. I just do not believe these ARPA funds are to be used specifically for this particular reason. Councilmember Millie Youngquist disagreed. She said the city could and should invest in its people. I know we're not used to giving money to individuals, and this is like... Terribly unusual, but the government did allow this money to be used in this way. And just to say, well, the government created the problem, we're going to let them fix it. Well, we know that that is not going to happen. That is, you know, we have the opportunity. Two wrongs don't make a right. This is a chance for us to put them, some of this money, and it's a fraction, you know, 20%, as Bethany said, that we could use this to our citizens, people in Washington, living and working here, that really need it the most. Council members Steve Galt and Franz Steigers said the money needed to focus on infrastructure instead. Galt said the city needed the boost. I've been on the council for seven years, and in that seven years, we have been continually chasing our sewer problems and our water problems. We're still playing catch-up, and we're going to be playing catch-up for another 10 or 15 years. If we don't have the infrastructure, I'm agree with Fran, if we don't have the infrastructure, we don't have a town to start with. It's one of them situations, you're, you're kind of damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. 
Newly elected council member Bethany Glinsman disagreed. She said relief payments would be a greater benefit for the community. So just like we prioritize investments in our most vulnerable infrastructure, I think this is an opportunity for us to prioritize investment in our most vulnerable members of our community. Their request is just under 20% of our total ARPA fund allocation. I think you know that's, that amount of money could make a huge difference. So my background is in economics, and the research is clear that when we give direct payments to low-income families, that is a really effective way to raise them out of poverty. The money would not just help them, I think it would help the rest of our economy. They're going to be spending that money locally on groceries, rent, you know, gas, other essentials that they in the Washington County Supervisors have approved a contract with Cot Systems to digitize nearly half of the county's records. The deal came days before the county's offer expired. The contracts total over $250,000, up to $50,000 of which will come from ARPA money, with the rest drawing from various department budgets over the next two years. While the vote was unanimous, Supervisor Marcus Fedler said he was hesitant about committing ARPA funds. I'm not in favor of approving to spend any of this money until we specifically have a itemized list of all the ARPA funds, and then we compare that list to the prioritized listen. I think it would be inappropriate for us to spend any of this money until we've effectively populated our prioritized list with dollars. If we spend money on this and spend money on that, and then we get to the time when we... We're not looking at a prioritized list when we do that. Supervisor Jack Seward Jr. said the digitization project was an easy enough win to justify. I think there are a few things on the, on the, the list of things that have been suggested. They're kind of no-brainers. Uh, to me, uh, doing the digitizing of the uh, uh, the courthouse records uh, is, is nothing but, uh, I mean, we go back as far as we've been on this board, we've been talking about continuity of operations in case of a, of a disaster or whatever, um, and we haven't done a whole lot toward that. So, to me, that is another no-brainer. So, I don't see why we need to wait for every little last thing on that list in order to get a price. Supervisor Bob Yoder said he was worried not only about the company deadline, but the risk of losing the oldest books to time. We go back pre-Civil War, and I think some of those records are 1840, something like that, before Iowa was even a state, which would be 150 years old. I'm also finding out, is talking to Amber Williams, a lot of those old books are getting so brittle and faded, the paper's starting to disintegrate. So we're going to have to do something very soon, if we're going to do it. And if we lose those records, well, there's just no way to replace it that I know of. We're going to have to make a decision very quick. That's the local news. Stick around for the best news I've heard all week, right after this. Hey, have you considered supporting the show? This program takes several hours of editing every week, and messages in the ad slots pay for that time. If you want to hear your message during this ad break, whether it's an event announcement, a birthday message, or a month-long ad series, give our office a call. The number is 319-653-2191. Your support means a lot. Thanks. And now, the best news I've heard all week. Sandra Jones Baird, who donated the land that now comprises over half of Madison Park in Washington, returned to visit the site on Wednesday. Baird said she was pleased with the result. And I think 
it looks lovely. I think they did a better job than I expected. When I first came around the corner, I was a little apprehensive because I knew the house wouldn't be there. But then I saw how great it looked, and you have the new station and everything, so it fits. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is copyrighted property of the Southeast Iowa Union, which is owned by the Gazette. Our audience is growing fast, so if you've got an event to announce, something to advertise, or a message to share, give us a call. 319-653-2191. Otherwise, you can support the show by sharing it with someone. If you know anyone that might be interested in free news highlights every Saturday morning, send them a link to this week's episode. We really appreciate the support. That's all for now. This has been the Washington Weekly Review. I have been Kaylin McCain. Have a great week.